If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Hey, it is a, a, a real honor to be with you here this morning, all of you. And uh, if you don't know me, again, my name is Brian Mowry. I have the privilege, along with uh, some other elders, to give leadership to what I think is this an amazing, amazing church. And I'm continuing seeing examples of just why this is amazing. And there are two guys in particular I think represent the heart of what's in Jubilee, why I love this church so much and consider it such a privilege to be a part of uh, leading it and caring for it and serving it. Um, and two guys, uh, Tommy uh, Stewart and Dalton Gilbert. Are either of them in this service? They're probably serving somewhere. Are they any of them here? Tommy's and kids and Dalton's probably serving. Well, here, let me t- doing security. Um, so these two guys, like you, you, may, you probably see them serving, but you probably don't get to see them serving as much as I do. They're, I just noticed them last week. They're always, they're in the office chipping in wherever they can. I saw them doing stuff on Friday night. We had a prayer meeting on Friday night and they were staying, they were, I think, the last ones to leave, just always serving, always helping. And man, their heart is so good. They're willing to do everything, anything or nothing. They're just like, hey, I'm here to serve. I'm here to do whatever. And I just think it'd be amazing, even though they're not here, let's go ahead and, and thank them this is help me honor them. And then when you see them later, you can thank them. Let's thank these guys. The other thing I want to say as way of introduction is that we have a way of preaching here that you, you may not be interested in, but I'm going to go ahead and explain because it's important to me, is that we, have, we, we preach from a text every week. So what will happen is you'll, you'll come in here and uh, there'll be a scripture reader. Usually over in this area, they'll come and they'll read a, a section of scripture, you know, anywhere between five, 15 verses, whatever. And they'll, they'll read that. And from that text, myself or someone else will then exposit or say, okay, here's what we can learn from this passage. Here's what God is trying to tell us. Here's how we can apply it to our lives. And here's how we can apply it all together. And there's a reason why we do it that way. Because another way that sometimes you see preaching is where you, they, they take a theme you know, like on marriage or whatever it is. And then they'll, they'll do like a world tour of the entire, you know, of the Bible and, and this verse and this verse and this verse. So they have an idea and then they take that idea and they find verses that help support that idea uh, to explain it. And it's not a bad way of doing it, but it just doesn't help you see how they got to that point and where you can learn on your own. It's kind of like, wow, that's really impressive that you know all the Bible, but am I supposed to know all the Bible to know anything about marriage? Or you know, can I get that out of a text? So we do that in order to teach and instruct, because I don't know if you've ever heard anyone say this before. I don't want you taking my word for it. Like when I come up here and speak, I don't want you taking my word for it. Like I want you to know what the Bible says. And so even when we gather in community groups, it's like you're not meant to be gathering, just you know, talk about, you know, what I preach, but actually what, you know, what does the, the, the text say? What does the Bible say? And, and I bring that up because today I'm going to take a, a theme and then I'm going to go around the Bible and take a bunch of verses and put them together. And I'm not going to preach how we usually preach, but I just want you to say that's not how we want to do it because I really am interested in you knowing the, the Bible for yourself. But I just wanted to say that. And maybe I just felt guilty. I don't know, but I felt like I needed to say it. So um, if you're new to us too, the big idea of what we're trying to do here is we're trying to be like Jesus. We're trying to follow him. Uh, that's what it means to be a Christian. Uh, if you're unfamiliar where the word term Christian comes from, it, it comes from really the first century. They, they used to be called the way. We used to be called the way. And uh, they started calling them Christians because they would look at them and it was a derogatory term. They're like, hey, you guys just want to be like little Christ. 
And they're like, yeah, we do, actually. We do want to be like little Christ. We want to be just like him. We love him. We want to be with him forever. So yeah, we'll take that on. We're little Christ. And the word Christ means anointed one. So we're little anointed ones. We want to be just like him. And so, and so it, it, it came that way. And so that's what we want to do. Now, to do that, the biblical vision of how that happens is really important. The biblical vision is not to white knuckle it with all kinds of discipline, you know, you know, become a really good person. And I'm a, a, you know, a Christian, someone who doesn't lie, doesn't steal, he doesn't do certain things and, and, and then does really good things like helping the poor. Uh, but to be a Christian is to realize that our natural desire to please ourselves is not good. It's not good for me. It's not good for society. So I'm, I'm not the, I'm, it's not good for me to follow that. So what I need is I need a new operating system. Like I need to, I need to be, you know, the old needs to come and I need to put an entire new operating system there. I need Jesus to live in and through me. So I, it's, the Christian life isn't, look at me, I'm Christianing, I'm doing Christian stuff. It's like, no, it's Jesus through me that, so it's how, having his life through me. And, and the good news is that's exactly what he promised to do. In fact, he said it this way in John 15. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, so in relationship, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. So what can we do on our own strength? What good is it to white knuckle it and apply discipline to really trying to be a good Christian? How good is that? It's not good. Stay with the theme of nothing. Okay. And so nothing, it's not good. It's not helpful. So it's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, say, if I was to um, want some nice shrubbery or trees outside your, uh, my yard, it's like if I was, instead of like planting uh, a tree or a bush, is I take a two by four and I put it in the ground and I start to duct tape branches onto this two by four and say, look, there's a tree. Uh, that would be like the worst kind of tree because it'd actually be better if I didn't do anything at all. But a lot of Christians live that way. They, they, are, they try to be a Christian. They try to put good works on there. But that's, it, even if you do a really good job, it may from a distance look okay. But if you were ever to get up close, it's like, that's kind of pathetic. And here's what I've learned. So if you're here and you're skeptical about Christianity, the reason why you're skeptical about Christianity isn't because you look at the life of Jesus and you're like, oh, I don't want to be like that. It's that you look at the life of Christians, you're like, oh, I don't want to be like that. But that's because this is true. Because there's a lot of us trying to be Christian. We're trying to produce this fruit, but it just ends up looking like a bunch of branches duct taped to a two by four. When in reality, we're supposed to be in a relationship where his life is coming through us. And so then he goes on to say this a couple of verses down. He says, if you abide me in my words and abide in you, ask whatever you wish. So there's a clue there in how we abide in him. It's that we ask, it is we pray that we pray and it'll be done for you. So if we ask anything we want, it'll be done. Wow, that's amazing. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So God wants us to be fruitful. He wants our works to be put on display. He wants us to be a light uh, to the world to demonstrate what it looks like to be totally surrendered to him. Uh, and so we do that by staying connected to the vine and how we stay connected to the vine and bear much fruit is through prayer. Charles Spurgeon said this, that without prayer, your greatness will be your ruin. That's kind of an interesting statement. Charles Spurgeon said he's a pastor from the 1800s in England. That's why you never heard of him. Uh, if, you, 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 if you can be great without prayer, your greatness will be to your ruin. That's why we're going to have a season of prayer 
coming up, which is what I want to talk about today. In fact, if you, if you get, look into your bulletin pack, you can see this little flyer. Why don't you go ahead and grab that out because I might be pointing to that here in a minute. Um, so, without, so God is a source. So God is a source. He's the vine. We're the branches. And he wants his, he wants his source to flow to us to become a resource to bless our lives and, and, and through us bless everyone that we come in contact with. But what he's saying here is this won't happen unless we pray. It reminds me of a couple years back when my um, grill broke down on a very important day on Thanksgiving. Um, <clears throat> my, I, for those who don't, my wife and I, we, we, every Thanksgiving that we have for the past 14 years, we always host her family. So her family comes up from Atlanta and, and over from Kansas City. And they stay with us for the weekend. And um, a couple of years ago, she comes up to me. She's like, hey, could you help with the food? I'm like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. You know, frozen uh, meatballs or veggie tray. Like, what do, you, what do you want? She's like, no, 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 no. I want you to grill. I was like, ooh, Because she's like, I want, you to, I want you to grill that salmon that everybody loves. So in other words, she's like, Brian, I want you to show off in front of my family and like be like the hero. She's like, you think you can do that? I'm like, I think I can. And so we, I went into action and put my cape on and I went and grilled and I'm no amateur. So I, I, have, a, I have a temperature gauge that I can take anywhere with me in the house so I can watch football and cook at the same time. And so I've got one eye on football and I got one eye on my temperature gauge and I noticed something that was a little concerning and that is my temperature gauge. It wasn't going up. That's what happens when you cook. It started going down. I'm like, oh no. So I, I go out to the grill. I look at everything, all the knobs and everything. It's just fine. You know, blah, and then, but then I open up the lid and there's no, there's no fire. There's just like a little bit of blue like there. And so I'm starting to freak out. My wife just at that moment comes in. and says, like, hey, is it almost ready? Because it's supposed to be the appetizers. Is it almost ready? I'm like, no, it's not almost ready. She's like, well, you don't have to be snippy. I'm like, well, you don't have to ask a perfectly legitimate question. And... Um, <laughs> But you could see that I'm not in the mood for a legitimate question. And, uh, and so we, you know, she's like, well, you better get it together. And, you know, we start, we start having a whisper fight. Ever have a whisper fight with your spouse? Like you think like, hey, if we whisper, no one will know, but you're all doing this. And it's just like, like come on, guys. Let's just, let's just, they're listening anyway. So, um, yeah, you know, everyone comes up to, is there anything you'd like to talk about? And so anyway, we, I have a backup grill, so we, everything was fine. But I went to my neighbor, Mike, because my neighbor, Mike, can fix anything. I don't know if you have any guys like this, but this guy could, I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that he discipled MacGyver. I'm convinced that he could do heart surgery with jumper cables and a Dremel tool. Nobody feels any pain. Like, he's, he is that good. And so he came over. I was like, Mike, you got to... You, you got to come over and, and help me and fix my grill. And, and he's like, well, it's, here's a, here, he noticed the problem right away because he lifted up. He's like, okay, you, it's not your propane. You've got plenty of propane. You've got plenty of, of source. But the reason why your source isn't becoming a resource so you can cook and be the hero is that your, your gas line has something on it called a regulator, that if it's not working, if it's not switched to on, gas can't flow from the source to be a resource. Prayer is that regulator. God has the source. He is, he is a source. In fact, it says of Christians, it says that we have everything that we need 
for life and godliness. We have the source, but the reason why the source doesn't become a resource in our lives is because we don't pray. And that's what prayer does. That's why we want to go through a season because it's out of this relationship. It's out of this connection with the vine that we want to have a season of prayer and not just prayer, but prayer and fasting. Now, maybe you don't know what fasting is. I'll say a little bit about that. Fasting is not penance. It's not like here I am suffering for God. God does not, is not looking for you to suffer for him. Suffering will happen all on its own. It's called life. It's like, it's not, it's not what he's trying to do here. Um, but what he's trying to do, he's, it's not this attempt to prove our love, but fasting is a way of ignoring what your body wants so that you can feed what your spirit wants. And so if you don't know this, you're more than a physical body. You have a physical body that has wants, desires, and you have a mind, you have emotions, you have all desires, you have all, that are not necessarily good or bad. But when you become a Christian, the thing about you that becomes perfect, and this may help some of you, the thing of you that becomes perfect and righteous is your spirit, right? That's what becomes, but your, but your body and your emotions and your desires have some catching up to do. They're, they're not in line. So the Bible says things like this, that, that we, are, we are made, when it says we are made righteous, that we're made completely new, that's our spirit. But our mind needs to continue to be renewed. It needs some changing. It needs some help. And, and so the Bible just puts it into two different categories. So it takes your mind, your emotions, your desire, and puts it all in one big thing called the flesh. So you might hear that, the spirit and the flesh. And the flesh isn't talking about your skin. It's talking about that part of you that's not yet submitted to God. And so what happens is when you, the way that a lot of us live our lives, the reason why we look like a two by four with, with you know, branches duct taped to them is because we allow the, our flesh, our desires, our bodies, our emotions and our past and all these other things lead our life. We, we allow them to lead our life. But the declaration that you make as a Christian is that isn't what I want to lead my life anymore because I see that I'm a terrible leader of my life and every time I follow my flesh, I end up in a ditch. And so I'm gonna, I, wanna, I want Jesus to lead. He says, hey, good news. I won't just give you orders from heaven. I will actually live inside of you. I'll come inside of you and you will no longer live, but it will be I who will live through you. So what, part of what fasting is, fasting is that you, you set aside, you set aside the thing that feeds your flesh. So that's the body. It's probably also a good idea to, to, to fast from things that feed your emotions. It could, that could be social media, it could be other things, it could be TV, it could be whatever. And say, okay, I'm not going to feed the, my flesh. I'm actually gonna go through a season where I feed my spirit so that I can, I can, uh, that, that can lead. But another reason why you do that is because you want to be him and want to relate with him. Um, I, uh, I had my crack research team send me a, a song. I'm like, every love song, I can't think of anything in the moment. I was under a little bit of stress. I was like, every love song talks about this. Give me a love song that, that basically, and so I got a song from Alicia Keys, all right? And so this song, Alicia Keys, is going to help demonstrate what I'm talking about. She says this, she goes, some people want it all, but I don't want nothing at all. If it ain't you, baby, if it ain't you, baby. The melody be off a little bit. I don't know. 
And uh, I don't even, I've never heard this song, so I have no idea, actually. Uh, some people want diamond rings. Don't start singing it with me either. Some people want diamond rings. Some just want everything. But everything means nothing if I ain't got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, this better not. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, I'm, I had this thought in the, the 9 a.m. Like, man, like, I hope this doesn't end up on YouTube, like, as some cover. If it does, uh, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be bad news for whoever does that. Okay. Um, if I ain't got you... That was my flesh talking, by the way. If I ain't got you, yeah, some people search for a fountain that promises forever young. Some people need three dozen roses, and that's the only way to prove you love them. Hand me the world on a silver platter, and what good would it be with no one to share, with no one who truly cares for me? So here's what she's saying. Here's what she's saying. She's saying, everything else, flowers, money, whatever it is, they don't compare to you. I don't need these things. I need you. In fact, she's saying, I want to push all these things aside so I can get more of you, so I can receive this thing, this benefit from you. And that's exactly, not exactly, but it's pretty close to what fasting is. Fasting is a setting aside of saying, I don't need I don't need food. I don't need this. I don't need these things in my life. What I really need is I need you. So it's not a way of proving it, but it's understanding that these things are getting in the way because we think of ourselves as pretty independent people. Don't eat for a day and see how dependent, independent you feel. You'll realize, oh my gosh, I need food. And that need for food is going to point to a higher need for God. So there was this time in the life of Jesus and the disciples, they were all hungry. Jesus was hungry. The disciples were hungry. So they go get some food. They come back like, hey, Jesus, we got the food ready to eat. And he's like, don't need it. I've got food that you don't know about. I'm feeding off something else. You know, it says in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, that Jesus quoted when he was, went through a fast. He says, a man shall not live by bread alone. But this, it, fasting is not penance. It's not like, see how much I love you. We, as a Christian, we do nothing like that. We do nothing out of discipline. We do nothing because we want to, oh, look, we just make it happen. That, that we can do, remember that? We can do nothing apart from him. But it's out of this realizing that he's the source and he wants to bless us and bless others that we want to push things aside. So we, have, so we want to have a season of this, of prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. And so... Um, this is mentioned, I mean, Jesus expected us to do this in Matthew 9. He goes, the disciples of John came to him and saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples, is anybody here a disciple of Jesus? This fit you? Okay. Nobody likes to raise their hand in church. I don't know. Like just, I know there's more than, than that, but you know, whatever. Okay. Um, your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with, who's the bridegroom? There you go. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken. It, did, was Jesus taken? Okay. So that's right now, right? Has he come back yet? Okay. So it's right now. You ready? And then they'll fast. So, that, so he expected us to do this. I mean, not because we have to, and, this, and this is, these are the rules, and if you, but because it's like there's going to be a group of people who want to be with me, and that's what a Christian is. See, a Christian isn't someone who just doesn't want to go to hell. It's they want to be with God. And so there's going to be people who want to be with God. And so they're going to, they're going to be fasting. In fact, he says something. Ooh, sorry. Matthew 6, let me show you this. 
And when you fast. So he didn't say, hey, if you fast. He says, when you do this. When you fast. And so we want to go through a season of prayer and fasting. So what could that look like? I'm going to give you a few things. And there's some more information on the website that you can find. These are just ways that you could fast if you've never fasted before. And this is going to get super practical. But the point of all this is I just want to give you some ideas. But what I really want from you, what I really want for you, I should say, is that I want you to have a time to where you could really take stock of your life, have a sober assessment of your life, and, and, and go before God and, and say, okay, how, how can I engage with this? How can I apply this? So that's why I'm doing this. So it doesn't start, it's December 8th. This doesn't start till January 8th. It's a month away. I'm not doing this the day before. Come on, guys, you got to do this. I want you to have say, okay, who, wh- who's leading my life? It, is it more of me or am I really depending on God? And, and to even understand that even that tension you feel, because here's what I know about the spirit inside of you. The spirit inside of you is, is going to say something like it, the psalmist says when they said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. There's something inside of you that wants to do that. Actually, there's something inside of you that wants to give your life away, that wants to give, wants to serve, wants to just to totally depend on God. But we don't always do those things. And the reason why we don't do those things is because our flesh leads us. And so even if you're having that, because your flesh is like, man, I'm busy in January. I got my schedule. I really like food. Um, You know, all those, you know, all those things start to come up to your flesh says that. Your flesh says, no, I don't want to do that. It's important to say, okay, not under compulsion. Just say, hey, okay, yeah, I think I need this. I think I need this season. And that is, it is a season. So seasons start and then seasons stop. So this will start and then it'll stop. This isn't all the time. This will be a season that we're going to go through 21 days to pray. And fast. So here's some things you might do. So one is the obvious thing, a complete fast where you just don't eat any food. You have some water, maybe a little bit of juice. And you, this is very doable for you to do. Uh, your body will not be happy with you, uh, but it's not because it's not good for you. It's just that you may be ad- addicted to some things, uh, namely sugar. And so like, you're, like I mean, Somebody came up to me and just like, I don't think I'm addicted to sugar when they were fasting. And I, and I poured a little soda into a cup and they drank it. They're like, oh, oh, life came back to them. Like, okay, I'm addicted. Okay, so, so yeah, you may be, but, and it's actually if, on, on a side note that and more and more people are coming out saying, hey, you know, fasting is actually good for your health. It's like way of detoxing, but you're not doing this to, for your health, you're doing this to get close to God. So it is possible. Now, you definitely want to consult a doctor to figure out what's a good thing for, for you. But anyway, so one is this is a complete fast. That's the obvious thing that we think of. Uh, whether you did that for, I mean, some may have, I've, seen, I've known people in this church who've done this. They fasted for 21 days just with water. Now, you may not do full 21 days, but you may do something like uh, uh, where you fast okay, a day a week, or you fast a few days here and then a few, you know, a few days each week or whatever. You, but anyway, there's the complete fast. The second kind of fast is called, a, I'm calling this a selective fast. You may have heard somebody, you may have heard the term if you've been in the church world for a while, a Daniel fast. It comes from Daniel 10, where he got rid of certain foods. He, did, he got rid of meats, sweets, and breads. And he, he ate raw vegetables, raw fruit, and raw nuts. 
And uh, it's selected. You're, you have a selective diet for a season. And Daniel actually did it for 21 days. Uh, then there's a partial fast. This is where you still do the 21 days, but you may only fast like a meal a day, or you may fast again, like a day of the week, or you, so you may like, okay, I'm just going to eat dinners or I'm not going to eat, or I'm not going to eat dinners or whatever it is. But the point isn't what you do. The point is that you do something that you, I mean, if you ask God, God will help you know what you should do because fasting again is not a command. It's not, a, it's not something to prove something, but it's an invitation. It's an invitation to get closer to him and have the spirit in you be more of a leader, have a leadership role in your life. And like I said, you want to make, should, may want to consider getting rid of other things like social media, Netflix, games on your phone. But it's a declaration, it's a declaration of dependence, not, you know, our nation has a declaration of independence, which may be okay for a country, but it's terrible for an individual. We want to declare our dependence on him. And that's what um, Joel does. Joel in chapter one, he, he declared a fast and he declared it. Like we're declaring this, we're declaring that we need God. And that's what you do when you fast. You're like, I don't need food. I need God. And so he so they called the holy fast a sacred assembly, summoned all the elders who live in the land to the house of the Lord. Now, how many here know that the house of the Lord is not a building? You know that, right? Okay, so it's not a building. Um, the house of the Lord is a group of people. So the house of the Lord is, 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 not a, is not a building made of bricks and mortar, but it's a people. It's life on life. He's building a spiritual, it's people. But where are we meeting right now? Okay, so we're meeting at a building. So when we say come to the church, we are saying come to a people, but we meet in buildings, so it gets confusing. So coming to the house of the Lord is coming to a people, but I just want you to know where, where the people of God are going to be on these 21 days. We are gonna be here. We're gonna be here for, for 21 days. We're, gonna, we're, we're not just going to fast. We're also going to um, pray. And um, we're gonna pray beginning on Wednesday, January 8th. I'm just reading on the, from the back of this. Uh, through Wednesday, January 29th, each location is going to do this. There'll be four separate gatherings, but each location will do it at the very same time from 6 to 7 p.m. weekday, Monday through Friday. And then on Saturday mornings, we'll pray from 8 to 9. And maybe you're thinking, man, I've, I can't pray for five minutes. How am I going to pray for an hour? We'll help you. There'll be some worship. We'll have uh, some structure that'll make it easy for you to do that. We'll have some content, some suggestions on how you can pray. So we'll have some worship, maybe 15 minutes or so. Then we'll have a time of prayer where people, you could just pray on your own. You could pray with your spouse. If you come with a spouse, you can pray with a friend. If you come as a community group and pray as a community group, it's kid-friendly. Bring your kids. We'll have other specific prayers for kids to help them pray in this time. And then we'll end uh, with some, some more worship and direction. And we're going to do this for 21 days. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to pray and we're going to fast in some, uh, some capacity. And so we're, we're going to help you with that. And not only that, we're not just a, a spirit church. We, we're also a word church. We're also going to have the public reading of scripture during this time. So every day we're going to pray for, excuse me, we're going to read the scriptures for five hours on Monday through Friday. And so someone will come in and they'll be reading a scripture from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., from 11.30 to 1, uh, from 5 to 6 p.m., and then prayer, and then from 7 to 8. Now, that's just something that, you know, we, we, may, we may have someone read scripture, there's no one here, but you may come in the morning like, hey, before I go to work, I'm going to come and just hear the public reading of scripture. You may come with your family to prayer, and you may come early to hear as your family, just a public read. It's powerful. It's a powerful time. We'll have the simulcast as well. So if you're at your lunch break and 
you can, and you could take the time just to hear the word of God from someone that you know being spoken. Um, and we're going to do that uh, for, for 21 days, and it'll be cool. And, and by the end of it, we'll have read through the entire Bible. So that'll be kind of cool. Okay, so, here, so that's what we're going to do. Now, let me, get, let me tell you, I'm going to give you five, or excuse me, three. I, I have five, but I'm actually only going to do three. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run out of time. I'm, I can already see it. I got six minutes and 21, 20, 19 seconds left. Okay, so I've got to hurry up here. I'm going to give you a few reasons why this is going to be helpful for you. Okay, what, what, what's going to happen? When, when you do this, this is what God promises to do when we pray and fast. First thing that's going to happen is you're going to get freedom from bondage. Things that you can't get rid of. You may have addictions, lust, bitterness, insecurity, worry. There's a thing in your life that will not let go. The Bible calls these things besetting sins. We talked about this in the Killing What's Killing You series. Besetting just means things that are harassing. They're a harassing sin. They just won't let go. They just, no matter what you do, they just won't let go. Uh, disciples were ministering one time and a lot of good things were happening. Hearts were being changed. People were being healed. But they had met their match in this one uh, person, this one demon. And so this is what happened. I'll pick up the story. The disciples came to Jesus privately because they were embarrassed. They want to say it in front of everyone. Said, and they said, why could we not cast it out? And, and Jesus said this, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There are things in your life that just won't let go. And they'll only let go through. So you, I want you in this season. So if you've got, you can name it. It came to your mind really quick. It, in this season, I want, when you pray and you fast, I want you to pray every day, God, I declare freedom from the bondage of pride and insecurity. I declare freedom from the bondage of worry or depression or from pornography or from bitterness or complaining spirit. I just want to get free from this, this addiction. I, wanna, I'm gonna, I, wanna, I want freedom from this. You pray that every day. And God says that, that, that through prayer and fasting that we can uh, get freedom from bondage. The second thing that's going to happen is blessing. You're going to have blessing where there's trouble. You're going to have blessing where you're experiencing trouble. This could be your health. This could be finances. It could be relationships. It could be your kid's behavior. There's just trouble everywhere. Ezra, uh, he prayed in his fast. This was why he fasted and prayed, was, was for blessing and trouble. And Ezra, he had to take a journey where he was taking about 7,500 pounds of gold and even, maybe like a million pounds of silver is a, a huge amount of silver. And he had to go through trouble. So he says, I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves. Now, I wish I had more time to talk about this, but I only, I only have three minutes. Is that, is that a big part of fasting? So fasting isn't just, oh, I got to get rid of food. It's going to be terrible. But it's, it's engaging prayer, but it's also, it's also about repentance. You'll read that as you read about um, fasting in the Bible, that to, to fast is is also to repent. It's, it's to humble yourself. In fact, uh, the most popular verses about fasting, imagine this, is, is when people fast wrong. So we somehow think that we shouldn't fast. But the point is that we shouldn't fast is that we're fasting the wrong way. And so when Jesus challenges, like, hey, you fast, but you're hypocritical. You're, you're trying to put on a show in your fasting, but you're not really dealing with your own heart. And so even Greg, a, a couple weeks ago, talked about this from Isaiah 58. Is this the fast that I want? He's like, well, in, in a way, yes, because you, you've asked us to fast. But the reason why they were fasting is they were, they were fasting for this transaction. If I do, if I do this, if God, if I do, you'll do this. If I do this, you'll do this. So I'm going to give 
money so I get something back. I'm going to do this so I get something back. When in reality, no, 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 no. It's a way of seeing, seeing that you are declaring your dependence on him. I'm a terrible leader of my life. I always lead my life into a ditch and it's you that I want. I don't want anything else. It's you that I want. It's repentance. It's repentance of following your own desires. So just to say, I wish I could talk more about this, but it's, it's a humbling. It's, it's repentance. Man, we'll get into praying for our nation and we're gonna, we're gonna pray. We're just gonna repent on behalf of our nation for all the mess that it has. And there's a long list of it. And there's a lot of list of stuff in us. We need to humble ourselves. That's what God says. Okay, before our God, to seek a safe journey for ourselves and our children. How many, if you, I've got teenagers. If you're, there's trouble everywhere, <laughs> right? My kids are no different than your kids. There are opportunities to get in trouble all the time. And sometimes they take advantage of those opportunities. There's just things coming at them. I don't know how they survive. And some, when you're a young parent, you're just like, well, if you just read this book and if you do this and you do that, you know, you'd all work out. All right, whatever. And so it's, no, 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 no. It's, it's not because of your amazing parenting because you know what to do. It is the grace of God that gets them through. You cannot do, you cannot, you cannot, you can lead and guide them, but you cannot get them where they ultimately need to be. That is in the loving arms of a savior. So we want to pray safe. And so if you're a parent, you need to, if you do anything, you need to be praying over a safe journey for your kids in this life. I'm going to be praying that way. I'm going to be praying for your kids. I'm going to, I pray for my kids. I'll pray for um, your kids. Job every day, it said in Job 1.5. Job, remember him? He's the guy who had a terrible life, became a terrible life. He, um, he says he went before God because perhaps they may get into trouble. So he just prayed, God, would you protect him? God, would you protect him? And so we're, we're going to do that. We're going to pray that. David had the same thing in First Chronicles. This is helpful. He says, David says, now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the Valley of Raphim. So he could name his area of trouble. It was there in the Valley of Raphim. And you could do the same thing. You've got an area of trouble and you can name it what it is. You know what it is. Well, he could name it. And so what did he do? He, well, he prayed and he sought God. And because of that, it says, God broke through my enemies by my hand like a bursting flood. So God broke through. So therefore, that he, in the name of that place is now called Baal Perazim, which means the Lord has broken through. So it used to be called trouble, and now it's called blessing. And that's what he wants to do in your life as you seek God. Okay, thirdly, uh, wisdom for the future. Wisdom for the future. Do you know, did you know, did you know that if you lack wisdom in area, any area of your life, that you can ask God for it and he will give you supernatural wisdom? In fact, he says that if, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. So the only reason why we would lack wisdom, God's wisdom, in any area of our life is because we're not asking for it or asking for it in, with a wrong motive. But he wants to give you, so you have, you know, like, should I take this job? Should I buy this house? Should I send my kids to school? God wants to give you supernatural wisdom for that area. Um, uh, let me say this. Well, let me show you this right here, this verse. He says, call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. So there's wisdom out there. There's things that God wants to show you that you do not know. Uh, I'll use this. So if you can't see this as an analogy, if you can't see this, this is a flashlight. And so this flashlight was made on purpose for a purpose. And the way that this flashlight was made, it was made, it was designed to shed light. It was designed to have a purpose, but it was made intentionally, batteries not included. 
And so in order for this to work, it, it's gotta, it, it has to have something come from the inside. So it needs, it needs batteries in order to work. And this is actually your life as well, that you are made on purpose for purpose, but you need power to live inside of you for you to experience the purpose for why you were made. You were made on purpose for a purpose, and it's probably not what you think, but God's got an ordained purpose. But you need power inside of you. And so, but if you are a Christian here, I want you to know that you do have that power inside of you. Anyone here claims the name of Jesus, you have that power of God. It says that, that we have everything that we need for life and godliness. Okay, so this is, a, this is a fully functioning flashlight that's got power inside of it, but it's not fulfilling its purpose. Do you know why? Because to access this power, you've got to click this button. And that's another way of what it is about, seek, about prayer and seeking God. We pray to, to tap into, and can we have that verse back up here? So he says, call to me. If you call to me, I will answer you. So he's, I mean, this is the Bible's full of that. You know, pray and I'll answer, seek, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. I am here to say there are things in your, there are great things that are hidden from you that God wants to show you. And the only reason why you don't know them and can see them is because you're not praying. There are things that you don't even know that you want. I mean, 20 years ago, if you would have told me, hey, you're going to be up here and you're going to be a pastor. One, I would have said, that's ridiculous. Who would ever, I, I could never do. I could never do that. Secondly, even if I could, there's no way in the world I'd ever want to. There's no way in the world that I ever would want to do what I'm doing. But I feel like I'm doing what God has made me to do. And the only way it's going to happen is if I seek him. Now, here's how we seek him. God bless my food. Help my kids with their test. Help me get the job. Pray for that sick person. And God's like, <laughs> we just have to, but here's what we're going to do. For 21 days, we're going to leave the light on. Because there are hidden things. I'll try not to shine this in your eyes. There are, there are I'm looking at you. Uh, 20, <laughs> And you, and you, and you. Uh, there, there, are, there are hidden things. Great things. Great and hidden that you have not known. But if you call on him, he'll, he'll give you wisdom. He'll show you these things. He wants to do it, so that's why we're going to do it. And we do this together. Check out what he says. In, remember the Acts series? Okay, in the middle of Acts, Acts 13. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. It's just a part of what the church did. The Holy Spirit says, I'm going to give you some wisdom, some direction. I'm going to put this into not some individuals that's going to affect the entire church, which has affected us, and set apart this work that I have called them. They, there's a work that I want Paul and Barnabas to do, but they don't know it. It's hidden from them, and it's hidden from you. Well, how do we find this out? Well, we get together, and we fast, and we pray. Now, well, here's the other cool thing. Kind of a side note, unless you mention it. it says, then after fasting and praying, then they did it. So what this is, this isn't input output. This isn't like, God, I need answer. Okay, I got it. See ya. 
No, no, no. They continue to fast and pray because fasting and praying isn't so much about this transaction as much as it is about, God, I just want to be with you. God, I just want to love you. God, I want to push everything aside so I can be with you. And in that, he gives blessing and trouble. He breaks you from strongholds and he gives you wisdom for the future. Now, I got more to say, but I'm in, I'm in the red right now. So here's what I'm going to do. Why don't we stand?